Welcome back to the Daily Wrestling News Show. This is a special episode where we are uh, recapping and reacting to Tales from the Territory. And John, this uh, episode eight let, aired last night of the 10 episode run, and it was all about world-class championship wrestling from Texas, wrestling's Lone Star Legacy. Yes, indeed. Uh, I, I sent my brother a text last night because he's a... It, obviously, neither one of us grew up uh, really paying attention to that. My brother was barely born by the time it went uh, out of business. But uh, I just I just sent him a text message tonight on uh, Territories, the Sportatorium. Uh, that's kind of all you need to say. Yeah. You know, it, it's uh, this episode was interesting for me. Like when um, on, on every episode so far, they always talk about the legacy um, of each of each brand, you know, going out of business. And typically, all of them have ended with, well, you know, Vince McMahon moved in, he went national and killed us and everything like that. Uh, with this one, world class lasted till about 1990, and they didn't really say what happened. So to speak. Yeah, I, there was a lot of, tra obviously, a lot of tragedy involved, but it was like interspersed. It did, it's not like one of the tragedies happened and shortly thereafter they closed the doors because... Unfortunately, that whole decade of the 80s is spotted with tragedy for the Von Erich. So, yeah, it was just kind of like, nah, it ran ran its course. And I guess it was more front of mind for me with this episode than any of the others previous that this one, this series that they're doing really is supposed to be like this lighthearted celebration of the terror. Because... I mean, if you talk about world class and you talk about the Von Erichs, how do you not talk about all of the tragedy? Yeah. But I think, you know, they did the Dark Side of the Ring episode, the last of the Von Erichs, and they kind of covered the tragedy side. So on this, it was them really trying to hone in on, you know, what made world class special and, and celebration of the, the promotion. Yeah, exactly. They, they kind of danced around the tragedies and, uh, which I think turned out to be a good thing because, like you said, this is this is a bunch of guys sitting around talking about the old days and, you know, laughing and whatnot. And, you know, you could do three episodes on the tragedies of the Von Erichs, but who wants that that much and that long of a downer? So yeah. I think they, they made a good choice here. Yeah. So world class owned by Fritz Von Erich. Uh, the huge stars were the kids, uh, you know, David, David, Michael, Kevin, Carrie, Chris. Um, uh, the panel was Kevin Von Erich. He's the eldest and, and last of the yeah. Von Erichs. Chavo Guerrero Jr., Brian Adias, Jimmy Garvin, and David Manning. Chavo Guerrero Jr. was just kind of a facilitator. He would have grown up watching World Class, and his dad would have competed in World Class, but he was uh he was he did not seem to have any stories just uh that he was watching yeah he, he was kind of the maestro that was uh you know pulling the stories out of the other guys and uh, like you said we have his father competed there we got we got some a, a brief little bit of footage of, of chavo senior and their chavo classic yeah. uh in the wcw ring yeah um they talked about how world class is the ones that you kind of started with theme music and and stuff like that, I guess I, I didn't I hadn't realized that that's kind of where you know the cam all the different cameras and the boom mic and yeah. and uh, the music. So I guess that's part of a innovation that came out of world class. 
Yeah, yeah, they they uh David Manning seemed to have uh you know, it seemed like the way it was cut out, he just dropped a few facts in there, but it, you could see by the look on his face, I guess he probably was part uh, you know, a big part of the production uh side of things when he wasn't in the ring refereeing. It seemed like he could go for a while talking about all their uh, innovations and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, they definitely helped shape the way we watch wrestling to this day. I think when you think of Texas and you think of world class, yeah, you think of the Von Ericks, and then immediately you pivot and you think of the Freebirds. So it's it's not crazy that they uh, that they spent so much time talking about the, the Freebirds and the Von Erich um, feud. I didn't know that the Von Air or that the Freebirds came into the territory as baby faces. Yeah, I you know I don't ever think of them as baby faces. Again, we weren't around for the times of, especially not this territory. But yeah, it was a huge, huge heel turn uh, that made the you know the start of the feud, and they really didn't have to get too much into the feud because. It is legendary and whatnot, but and they didn't really have to talk much about the specifics other than the turn itself. And man, I know it worked and it, it worked like gold, and you know, it wound up being their greatest feud ever and whatnot. But if you knew nothing about wrestling and you just watched what they presented, Flair and Kerry, it's a title match, it's a very not spectacular looking cage, although David Manning tried to put it over as this, you know, like it was the elimination chamber. Right. <laughs> and you've got Michael P.S. Hayes in there as the guest referee, but he's the second referee because mm -hmm. Manning's in the cage with them. He's their normal big thing. You know, he's their Earl Hebner. He's their, their number one ref. And back in those days, he might've been their only ref. Um, and he's in there. Michael Hayes is in there shirtless in jeans. You know, the, the golden locks are flowing and he's just kind of skipping around the ring and watching. Like, occasionally he gets involved and pushes somebody like it. I know it went over huge. Yeah. But if you just look at it on the surface, it looks like the most awkward, silly thing that you could do. And then the big, you know, the big deal is. Hayes gets a little too much involved. Manning throws him out of the cage. The door's open. Kerry goes for the, the exit. He's going to win the match. Gordy slams the door on his head. Flair involved in a big heel turn. Their <laughs> head slammed in a cage door. Where have I heard that before? But, yeah, apparently it worked like gold. Uh, it, it turned the, the Freebirds into the dirtiest heels that ever healed. And uh, it just, I, like... Again, watching it, I was just kind of like, really? That was it? That's what did it? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, that, that was, it was kind of surprising. It was just like, it was very, uh, it'd be like a commonplace today to have, see something like that as the heel turn. But I guess in, in those days, and I guess the other thing is hard maybe for us to fathom is just how over the Von Erics were. Oh, sure. And they talked about on the on the at some point in here how Fritz had those kids on TV like their whole life. If they ever, if ever they did anything, yeah. uh, you know, athletically, you know, any accomplishments in <laughs> in high school or college or whatever, he would talk about it on TV. So it, they kind of had this long long road to actually being wrestlers, where they were they were over before they probably ever stepped in the ring. 
So when Carrie got his face slammed in that cage, I guess that was a big deal. Yeah. And then, you know, the Manning said that, uh, you know, there were women openly bawling because uh, the, you you heard that cage. However, they gimmicked it. Now, he did catch him. He did legitimately hit him in the head. But there's no way he took the full Brent because it would have killed him. Yeah. And Manning said he he thought there was a chance that he did kill him because it sounded so amazing. Like it, everything worked the way they had planned it out. And uh, yeah, there were little girls crying on the little girls. There were teenage girls and girls in their twenties and thirties crying because they absolutely loved those Von Erics. I'm not sure what it says about you that you smiled while talking about little girls crying. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just a heel at heart. Uh, friend of the show, Al Carl, is watching. So thanks, Al. Just saw that. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, what The other thing that's interesting is that they had Jimmy Garvin on as yeah. part of the panel. It's too bad that they didn't have Michael Hayes on. Like That would have been a big get for this documentary, I think, to have him in there. Of course, he also would have kind of taken over the panel, right? <laughs> like he, his, his personality, he would have definitely been... Uh, well, he would have taken over the panel even if it wasn't about world class because it just seems to be his, his personality. But add his personality to the fact that half the show's, you know, kind of dealing with the Freebirds, and it just would have been the, the the PS hour. Yes, exactly. But the thing that they really didn't talk about how Jimmy Garvin was a Freebird, and it, and I, I guess. You know, I doing a little bit of a little bit of research, you know, reading about Jimmy Garvin on, you know, Wikipedia as best I could do on short notice here. It sounds like Garvin was not really a free bird in world class, but he was kind of like an ally. So he would have been presented sort of with them. Sure. Uh, and then later when they would go to Crockett and stuff like that, then he would he would team with Michael and they'd go for the titles and stuff like that. And then in those days, so then he was kind of like an officially a Freebird, but I'm sure he was on there because of it, that Freebird affiliation. It kind of struck me that they didn't really uh, make very much mention of that. Right. Like if you didn't know it, if you didn't watch any Crockett and whatnot, if you just watched last night, you would have absolutely no idea that he was a Freebird. Right. Despite, you know, he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame as a Freebird, everything, you know, so it was, yeah, it was interesting. It was, it was it definitely interesting. Now the other, the other side of the equation is the Von Erichs. And they talked about, they, I mean, he's sitting right there, Kevin Von Erich. And they're, and they're like uh, infatuated with him. The rest of the panel. <laughs> you know? um, but it was, it, was, it was somebody, I think it was, I don't know if it was David or if it was uh, Brian, who talked about how Kerry was such a workhorse. He would work out like crazy in the gym and stuff. But that Kevin was just kind of naturally physically gifted. And and there was there was story different stories and stuff that they told, but the one that that kind of had my stomach turning a little bit is when Kevin pulled his own tooth out. Yeah, that, that was a rough one. Yeah, like and they even, you know, uh, I think it might have been uh, either Manning or Adius that went like, yeah, I mean, you have to admit it. You're not normal. You don't feel pain like the rest of us. <laughs> and he just, he had a bad tooth and it was bothering him. And it just, it just, there was nothing he could do about it. You know, like, I don't know, go to a dentist. Uh, instead, he just, you know, grabbed the, the, the local, you know, 
backstage guy or someone from the janitorial crew who worked in the building and said, get me a pair of pliers. And everyone was like, are, are you out of your mind? He's like, don't worry. I'm going to put a towel over the pliers. So, you know, <laughs> it's not going to be tooth on metal. And then he, he ripped it out and he split it. So he didn't get the whole thing. out. Like I just, I'm listening to this and going like real, like once you split the two, like, ah, and then go well, back in for more. Yeah. That was just, that was the thing for me is that he broke the tooth in half and then wasn't, it still went in to get the rest of it. Yeah. So, he finished well. the job. That woof. So, so yeah, I mean, so the, these are the characters that we were dealing with and, you know, they told the stories about the free birds and, you know, the, the birdhouse and, um, you know, uh, Buddy Roberts burning all the furniture. They had to sell out and, you know, Buddy Roberts did a backflip and on the uh, coffee table broke it. And then they burned that in the fireplace to, you know, sort of celebrate. Those are stories I've heard before. Um, I mean, no less shocking and fun, but, they're you know, those are recycled stories. So, so there was nothing new in that regard for me real quick uh question for you and now i don't know uh buddy jack roberts all that much mm -hmm. you know i didn't like when i think of the 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 free birds i think of garvin in there yeah um in some of the footage last night i guess maybe it it threw me because it was in color because it was in the 80s did he, did you not think there was like two different times where he kind of like turned sideways towards the camera and I was like, God, he looks exactly like what I assume a young Pat Patterson looked like. Oh, interesting. Uh, I, I did not make that connection, but that's an interesting, uh, you're, you're thinking he's like a doppelganger for Pat. Really? And, you know, and of course, all, most of the footage I've seen of Pat in his uh you know heyday in his prime actually wrestling is black and white so it was like seeing that in color i was like well damn like it just <laughs> it was there was one shot where it was just uncanny to me i should go back and, and uh, screenshot it for you just obviously it's going to be too late for hit for this but i'll send it to you later all right sounds good um the other crazy story uh and you know not, not to go through everything but the crazy like one of the crazy stories was about chris adams and apparently this guy he was a sweetheart of a man until he started drinking. And then when he started drinking, he was a horrible person. And they told, uh, Brian told stories about them in Mexico. And then they kind of collectively told this story about is from Israel where Chris Adams is in a bar and he gets in a fight with the bartender. Now I've heard plenty of wrestling stories about fights and stuff sure. and, you know, bar fights, whatever. Mm -hmm. I've even heard stories about Shawn Michaels in bar fights. <laughs> Never have I heard of a wrestler actually using a super kick in a bar fight. To great, uh, out, uh, well, not great exactly. for the bartender, but, uh, you know, it's certainly got the job done. As we uh, so every time you see, like, the Young Bucks do those super kicks and you want to, uh, Jim Cornette, you want to make fun of them for doing the flippy <laughs> stuff and the, you know, whatever. Uh Chris Adams used a super kick. I think he said the two super kicks, but he kicked the guy's eye out. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I guess the super kick is a pretty serious move. Yeah, um, I, and then David Manning apparently took uh, Chris to the airport, like, not immediately, but within a couple of hours because they had to go, go to the hotel and get the passport from the hotel because they took them uh, yeah. when you check in, I guess. 
he had to go get the passport and bring him to the airport. And then, uh, you know, he wasn't sure that he was going to get through security. But once he got through security, he had like a sigh of relief. He goes back to the hotel, David Manning, and he's got the police there, you know, asking him for the location of Chris. And David Manning's like, I'm lucky I got out of Israel. Yeah. Well, yeah. And he said, you know, had they been able to tie me to helping him flee or if they had been if he had still been, you know, if, if we had decided to go back to the room and let him sleep it off, essentially, you know, neither one of us might have left Israel to this day. Yeah. So it, it could have gotten very ugly. And he got lucky to get uh, the gentleman onto a plane and on his way back to the U.S. before anyone could put two and two together. I was also shocked that they had TV in Israel. I thought that was crazy. Like, you know, um, Texas territory in the United States somehow has TV in Israel. And these guys are over. They're stars. They're huge stars. They get off. They The plane lands and there's 40,000 people there to greet them. And, you know, political strife and religious strife in the area seemed to be all be set aside when wrestling was on. So, well, yeah, that they, I think the quote was, uh, you know, the only day of the week where there was peace was Saturday night when the wrestling was on because both sides of the, uh, of the, 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 the strife there, uh, both loved wrestling. So they would come to get not they wouldn't get together to watch it, but everyone would be home watching it. And therefore there was nobody out in the street causing trouble. Yeah crazy um you know and so really that's that's kind of it for the episode last night i mean it was it was a it was a good episode fun little ride um there wasn't as many crazy crazy stories like there was with polynesian pro and riots and stuff like that they talked about how stiff it was but they didn't talk about protecting kayfabe a ton on this one so some of the the themes that had kind of been woven through all the episodes i felt not were abandoned in this one but just weren't as present well yeah because this this was this was kind of i mean world class was kind of its own thing because it was built it was such a a legacy in and of itself it was all built around the von erics and therefore you know they were there for such a long time because it started with fritz and then went through all the boys so there like like in memphis where it seems like jerry lawler was there for forever and a day you know the entire life of it there was always that cemented you always knew who the baby faces were when you came to town so yeah i'm sure some baby faces came in and teamed with them and did this that and the other thing but it was mostly the in and out influx was going to be the heels because yeah you know, there was nothing you were going to do the von erics were there the von erics were over the von erics were the baby faces so it kind of it just it, yeah it gave a different feel to the whole episode yep so next week is Jim Crockett Promotions, and they do have a pretty good panel. They've got Arn Anderson, David Crockett, Ricky Morton, Baby Doll, and Jim Cornette. So um, definitely full of personality in that one. I mean, uh, Jim Cornette's going to have some lines in that for sure, and and uh, and, and Ricky Morton is probably going to be um, really good on this episode, I would think. Yeah, yeah. I mean that episode. Like, I mean, like we were saying in uh, before we went live here. I'm stunned that this isn't the season finale, 
Yeah. And to be honest, I mean, obviously, I don't know exactly how many stories there are, but I mean, Jim Cornette alone could probably go for two hours. And when Jim Cornette's talking about the past, I don't necessarily want to hear him talk about today's product. When Jim Cornette's talking about the past, yeah, there's almost no one better. I would love to listen to him talk about JCP for two hours. So sure. very surprising that that's nine and not ten, but I cannot wait for that episode. It sounds like they're going to talk about the Arn Anderson stabbing situation too which is crazy to me but. <laughs> and you know they didn't get sid what's going on you got arn there <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so that's gonna be it for today but um this morning's episode normal episode of the daily wrestling news show was all about who beat bret hart in 1994 and it was a heel turn that was like 10 years in the making so uh Definitely a fun, uh, fun episode for me to write, actually. Um, so, who beat Bret Hart this day in 1994? Spoiler alert: It's Mr. Bob Backlund. But uh, tomorrow, John, what seminal event took place on this day in 1983? That's one of the ones that you wrote. Yes, that is. Uh, that episode has a flair for the gold. There you go. Um, and then uh, we'll finish the week off Friday with. You've heard about Montreal, but what about the Madison Square Garden screw job? So that's coming up to, uh, to finish off the week. With that said, uh, that'll be it for today. Uh, make sure you you uh, subscribe to the show. Love to have you uh, listen in each day and uh, let us know what you think. So for John, I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next week or listen to us tomorrow. <laughs> see you.